0: Welcome back to another episode of The State of E-Commerce. My name is Robert Rooney, and today I'm gathered by a very special guest, Sebastian Hurst from Zignify, and we're going to be talking about everything you need to know about sourcing products for your Amazon store. That's coming up next on The State of E-Commerce. Sebastian, thanks for being on the show today. Take a moment to tell me a little bit about yourself and your company, and
1: and really brag on
0: yourself a little bit.
1: (laughs) There, Robert, Thanks, uh, first of all, of course, for having me, and uh, well, to so all of you out there, uh, belated a Merry Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, whatever else to come. Wish you, of course, all to have a fantastic end of the year, and uh, well, myself, Sebastian Hertz. That's correct. It's my name. I am an Amazon seller myself since 2014, and I back then I actually started listening to Scott Walker. Yeah, I think back there was a called the Amazing Seller, the Amazing Selling Machine. Either one of them. With a garlic press, was still like the <laughs> the product to discuss. And uh, well, we're having two of our own brands, Lusty Sound, Amazon Germany, it's throughout Europe a little bit. And I'm um, selling my first brand so far also in the big box retail businesses throughout Germany, uh, some in the other countries as well. So that's also, of course, um, another nice channel of sales besides just having online e-commerce workshop. Um, but also, I'm the co-founder of Zignify Global Product Sourcing. My better half, she is the one, the real brain behind it. She's now doing, what, 18 years of sourcing so far. And the both of us started this up. And, of course, the majority with and uh, for Amazon sellers, e-commerce sellers, dropshippers, the aggregators, some of Fortune 500 companies. We do specialty sourcing um, when it, for example, comes to a specific electronics chips. <laughs> and uh, what else do we do? We help amazon sellers now of course also to get into big box retail into tv shopping onto the comparison pages seo pages and so on so if i cut it out there i hope that's enough bragging
0: hey that's really incredible and congratulations you know and i really think we've got a really good episode here lined up on product sourcing so you know when we thinking about product sourcing or even selling on amazon where do you even begin
1: a great question i was like where do you want to end and if i'm looking at the background for you it's like yeah that's the house i want to have then you can stop selling but but i think in the beginning I mean, of course depending on where whatever level you are if you are a very very first start i mean of course you may find your ideas how do you want to get into uh products what kind of product do you want to put your heart blood in there are you just looking for plain cash or are you looking for building a brand you know where you put like a lot of extra effort in there as well and either or the way will, of course, start that you most likely will get a physical product, and then you would start asking yourself, "Hey, and where do I want to have it from? What is the competition doing? Can I make the product better than the competition? Um, can I get all of the weak points, you know, the, whatever the negative reviews really talk about? It. Um, can I get those issues out of the product and put this, well, the improvements into the new product?" Majority of the servers, of course, they're still uh, they're still sourcing in China, but we we do, of course, source in China. And we used to live ourselves there as well. I lived six years in Asia. My wife lived there for 12 years. Hmm. Um, There was nine years China, three years China, and a bit of Singapore. And um, or by now, we have about 50% of our projects are also being sourcing in other Asian countries in uh, Europe, but especially for the US, um, sourcing in Mexico, sourcing in Latin America, or even directly in the US and Canada itself as well
0: then it's really incredible because that's going to reduce a lot of fees, you know, especially if you're bringing it from China over into America, you're going to pay a lot of fees. Let's talk a little bit more about why you chose to source from other companies and, and other continents just besides Asia.
1: Well, for the simple fact what you've seen over the last two years, what really really happened is, uh, well, high prices, high shipping times, high delivery times, high production time for long production times massive amounts of uh, costs of course that there were plus Mr Trump I mean he also invented a few more anti-dumping tariffs um which made the import of course of Chinese goods also much more expensive and so not only the costs but also delay and the uh, the relying on just one you know country um, brought quite some threat to the world and you would see this in uh, you know in prices in availability of the product and so on and so on Plus on the other hand, in Europe, I would say for once, oh, I mean, the US the same thing of course, people are proud of saying hey, my product is made in the USA and there are tons of customers out there who say no, I want a made in the USA product um, and they'd appreciate that a lot more. So our second brand, for example which is in the cosmetics and the beauty niche, we on purpose made it made in Germany simply for the fact of, you know, I mean made in Germany by now is a good sound and um, and is still trusted, but at the same time, the shipping costs were the main driver over the last one and a half years. Shipping cost and shipping time mm-hmm. that a lot of sellers said, Hey, I want to get closer to my selling base, I want to do local sourcing. Plus, first of all, you know, if I load this in the truck in Mexico, it's going to be in two days in the US instead of 13 14 weeks on the ship. Um, I may uh, even if I'm nuts sourcing from China. I may source from Vietnam, but don't have 27% import tax. Um, right now, of course, there's a this really good situation about the shipping because it's super cheap. It's super cheap again. Um, yet, at the same time, time delays. So, different factors. It can be costs. It can be time. It can be additional marketing benefits.
0: So, it really depends on, on what you're looking for at the end of the day. So, you know, you had mentioned uh, earlier that You know, you either look for a product for a source of cash or you want to build a brand and and you want to determine the qualities of that product. Can it be better than your competitors? So let's talk a little bit more about that. So say that I want to create a private label brand or a brand on Amazon. uh, Let's go into that, right? So what are the factors that you look at whenever you go to source products um, and really determine that niche? Like, right? Like, who's going to, what's going to win?
1: Yeah. I, to be honest, the decision mostly comes from our customers to say they already looked into a, a, um, the the market, they know which product will be profitable, they know exactly what they want to have, and they know exactly what changes they want to add against the competitor's um, product. So best thing for us, you really, to, I think also for sellers, is if you, for example, have a competitor lead, and the images and so on, you know it's a product, for example, that is mass-produced in China, and you want to quickly have all of those changes in there, and um, well then you get started with looking into uh, the producers you say you're okay with China um, we usually go out there and say we charge it, if the market allows that to find about 30, 30 potential suppliers mm-hmm. um, we get we, we research them, we contact them we find them, we get the proposals from them or if you say you want to do this outside of China, um, whether it's Asian countries or Mexico, we usually try to find about sixty potential producers but a simple fact that uh, not as many would answer, not as quickly. They're not as service-oriented and sales as the Chinese usually are. Plus, it may be more difficult to find them. And whatever their webpage tells from 10 years ago um, may not be the parts that they actually still do. Plus, them picking up, I very often get the example here in Germany, if you're contacting one of the potential producers and uh, you start speaking to them in English, not in the native language, they may just... Come up and say, Sorry, I don't speak English. Click. And they hang out and it's like, Dude, that may have been, you know, like in a year, like a $500,000 offer, and you just hung out because you don't speak English. Get somebody in there who speaks English. Um, But you'll see this in so many countries. You need to quite often speak the local language. Now, whatever depends or whatever is in the end for the product, if you do know which product you, of course, want to have, is, I mean, for once, we're from the 30 to 60 potential producers. We're weeding out, of course, all the ones that may not have the right product, that may not be able to produce it, that may have insanely high prices where we say, hey, you really missed the, the call. Um, this is not the price you can ask for the product. And then later, of course, it goes into the uh, not only the product quality, but also how flexible is the supplier? Are they registered business? Are they um paying their taxes? Are they having an export license? Can we see that their management is maybe somewhere involved into uh being sued with one of their other companies and so on and so on. So it's a it's a balance between of course product, product quality, price, and um the relationship to a manufacturer.
0: So you know you had mentioned earlier about sourcing whether thirty or sixty companies depending on their location in the world, right? So there's 30 from China, 60 from uh, Mexico, Latin America, of that means. Whenever you deliver this list to your clients, are you specifically like crossing off uh, particular manufacturers or suppliers that don't meet the criteria or they're too high or their customer service isn't there and they, you bring down a dwindled list to say 10 suppliers or so that you can pick from?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's how we want to do for us. The target is we want to deliver, you know, 100% transparency, 100% honesty, 100% openness. So what we're doing is we're putting them, all of them into a list, all the potential producers that we're finding. And uh, by the way, we're giving out all of the contact details. So if you want to, you can contact the suppliers, the potential producers at any time yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't keep it bad, we don't keep it a secret you do not have to do the future sourcing or reorder sourcing through us we're not getting a cut uh, of the order volume so we're not taking a percentage of it um, so we want to make this open honest and that's why we also we put all of them in the list with the contact details we of course show the prices and we show all the reasons why or why not that they qualify and the uh, target then is if we have a list of 30 or 60 potential producers That we then come, I mean, in the end, you need one of them um, to be uh, a future producer. But we're, um, of course, getting the backgrounds of them. We can do all the background checks, the ones I mentioned before. Um, But then also, we try to find two, three, four, maybe even five of them, where we say, those five, this short list, uh, we suggest you, Robert, go get um, some samples from them. We get the samples for them for you, and we do the initial quality control as well later, masks production quality control. Mm-hmm. And then from the short list, we look at, all right, those are out of the 30 or 60, the ones we um, would suggest getting samples from. Background secret to, that is not really a secret to it. This is the way we do sourcing for our, our own products as well. So we'll do, the, we'll do the sourcing for our customers the same way because we know it works. And then of course, you have the short list, but you also have the content details of all the other companies. So, no, no secrets there.
0: No, it makes a lot of sense. So let me ask you this: So if I, if somebody's listening or watching this episode right now, what are some hacks that you could give them about product sourcing?
1: When you, uh, for example, source outside of China, do not give up. Be patient. And be more patient than in China. Um, you will need three, four, five, six, sometimes really seven times to contact them in order to get a proposal. Because they're hard to reach, because there is corona, because they're three month summer break, because their other employee right now doesn't work and they don't hand it over, or they have five telephone numbers but only listen to one. and, and they say only only comparing the prices at me you now, you've ordered in China. No, so you need to convince them, stick to it. Be patient, and you will get the prices. It will be tougher, it will be longer than in China, but be patient and do it. Um, and if you do a source that's of course also the same reason. That's also why we get thirty to sixty potential producers. Do not use high supply with two, three, four offers. I mean, yeah, you may get some, yeah, you may have some prices, but you know, the more prices you have, the more you have the choice of like you know high quality and high uh, or expensive prices and some lower ones, and with the lower base, you can go to the ones with the top quality and say, yes, we do know there are other ones, and the other ones are cheaper, and they have a lower quality, but we want your quality, but you need to come closer to us, and if not, there are tons of other ones who also want to produce the product, and if not, we have so many cheap ones, so if you really want to work with us, if you want to win this this offer, um, then work with us give us some good prices and uh, yeah well we'll keep you in the race and um, the same way is you know offer them offer the producers a picture that they will see hey that's a potential future customer of mine who will bring me potentially a lot of business so make them I always say hey I should brand it someday and make them an, an optimistic but realistic future picture of you being their customers, bringing them how much on business.
0: Thanks for clarifying on the tips. And like you gave some really, really, really solid pieces of advice. So now I want to look more into like the cost of sourcing, right? So you mentioned earlier that Zignify doesn't charge any type of percentage of order volume or anything like that.
1: How do you guys work and how do you offer the lowest price possible? Good question. Thanks for that. Um, Well, Yes, indeed. That's, I think, maybe a, a main uh, differentiator for us. We're not taking a percent of the order volume. And let me give you, for example, a short calculation. Say, if you want to place an order, now you know it was Christmas time, and now I have a fantastic uh, way of pushing you because uh, to place an order, maybe directly higher order, there's Chinese New Year's around the corner. So I'd say, hey, Robert, I mean, you know, you're thinking about $20,000 as first order, but maybe you're not. Know, Maybe $50,000 uh, is a better deal because right now, you know, everybody's very everybody's this and that. And for sure, it doesn't make sense in every now and then. But if, uh, I, let's say, I'll take 10% of your order volume at 50000 that would be a, a $5,000 sourcing fee. And this is something we're not doing. We'll be way below that. Um, and Another thing is usually when it comes to the reorders and then, you know, if I would say it's like, hey, did you know it for reorders? I only take 6% of your order volume. But let's say you're placing an order volume of whatever five hundred thousand or so, and I'll charge you six percent that will be thirty thousand dollars, and that I will do as sourcing fees towards you but to be honest the we order sourcing maybe sometimes takes ten hours of work that's a that's a half the hourly rate um would be nice of course for us, but what we're doing is we're again same thing as before one hundred percent transparency one hundred percent openness um mm-hmm we are charging by the hour. Actually, we're charging by the minute. Um, we'll next a supplier file, of course, you also get a timesheet. And in the timesheet, we're tracking the minutes. If you had a communication with us for two minutes, it will be written two minutes in that tenant. And if we have a discussion with our, uh, or with a potential suppliers for 29 minutes, then it will say that 29 minutes and not 30 minutes or 50 minutes or an hour. And, but then, you know, if we, for example, say a reorder would maybe take 10 hours of work. We're currently for the US with $70 an hour. So that's a $700, for example, compared to $30,000 in a reorder. So this is where we are you know, making sure. I mean, we we're thousands of ourselves. We know that at least most of them don't have that much money in the beginning and they would like to save as much money as possible. Plus, if we're going by the hourly rate, And we do have the interest of finding not necessarily the cheapest supplier due to quality, but the most affordable price or the cheapest price for the quality that we want. And we will not push you for a higher order volume because we have no interest in uh, getting a percentage out of the total order volume. This is where we make sure to get the best price of freeway according to the quality that we want. And uh, we're also not getting any brights from any uh, potential producers because even they understood whether they're from China. Um, and we had many offers, for sure. Yes, 5000 there's $10,000 to make sure we win the deal. And we're like, no, look, I mean, you're one supplier and there are 29 others. Do you think your bride will make sure that, you know, you're better than the 29 others or the 59 others than the outside of China? No, we're not getting a kickback and we're also not getting a kickback on the oil volume. That's... Uh, as simple as that, an open, honest, transparent, um, quality tracking.
0: That's, that's really cool because, you know, just as you mentioned, we know people that people that are selling on Amazon are very cost aware of every single yeah, one of them. I'm right? a legit all Because Amazon itself does take a lot of money. So yeah. now we know what Zignify does. We know how you do it. We know your process. We know your rates. So, for anybody listening or watching right now that really, really, really wants insider tips on product sourcing, like,
1: do you have any final takeaways that you could share? Uh, good one. Running me over here right now. What, what do we do? I mean, for sure, stick with it. Uh, don't give up. Uh, the first products, for sure, they may not necessarily be the cash cows. They may not be the best products, but no, it is about the learning. And every every single. One of the ones we start, uh, we actually do is like, don't necessarily come to us. Do it the first one or two times or three times, maybe on your own. Go through the process, learn it. Uh, Don't bring us all your business, but go through it and learn it. You'll see the process of how much effort it is. And once you do it, go fully through with it. So to say, you know, don't only try to find two, three, four suppliers, go with more and see the power of negotiating negotiation that you've when you have a lot more proposals. Um, The same goes as well with all the additional topics that come afterwards. Me, myself, being a seller now for what is it, like end of 22, so eight years or so. um, Another big point for sure is a network. So build yourself a little mastermind around yourself, be together with others, you know, who um, are in a similar boat, maybe just a step further, i guess all of you have heard this like if you're the smartest person in the room then you're in the wrong room so always learn from others and um you know help each other out and through this also network of, I'm, I'm more than happy to share my whole network as well because once you have a product in your hand once you've sourced it once you've done the quality control or well, we've done the quality control for you got the logistics done imported all of this and, and all of those you need the next steps you need great and uh, great product images over and over and over again is like one of the top things. Um, next to, of course, you need to have SEO-optimized listings. You need to have a nice TPC running, all of those things. For all of those problems, I myself have the connections. I'm more than happy to share them and make introductions. But I think very important is build yourself a network and learn from others. Ask others for advice. Ask others for referrals. Which companies are good for doing sourcing, for doing... Um, We're doing uh, uh, product photos, images, videos, PPC, legal. Once you get to the exit, I mean, even which broker is good, which of the aggregators should you talk to and so on and so on. So be persistent. Don't, you will not become rich overnight, um, but be persistent and build yourself a network. Learn from others, work with others.
0: I really, really, really appreciate you dropping the knowledge bombs on the show. For anybody listening or watching right now who needs more information on product sourcing or help with product sourcing, you can head on over to the Zignify website. You can get that by clicking the links in the description box below this video. Schedule a call with Sebastian and his team, and they'll take care and answer every single question that you have with regards to product sourcing. And if you really want to learn how to get more funding for your business, make sure you check out this video next where I sit down with Andrea Baebo's from Bupos and we discuss the various different ways in which you can get the maximum amount of funding for your business. Just click on the video you see on your screen and I'll see you there.